Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast episode 184 for the Friday of July 8th, 2011. I'm your host, Chris Privetier, here with a bunch of our RPG Gamer staff members who've been partying all night long and now are ready to bring you the best RPG focused podcast on the internets. First off, I've got Emmanuel Marino. It's only seven. It's only seven, and we are. I know that's how hard we party. By seven <laughs> o'clock, we're already tired. Okay. I've also got Sam Marcello. It's like 1042 here, so I'm partying late, yo. Our partying put you into a time warp. Clearly. You had to, like, walk into a London police box to escape it. That's right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Speaking of London police boxes, one man who lives in one is, of course, John Yerworth. It's nearly four in the morning, and you don't get to make Doctor Who jokes. You're not British enough. Well, then you make them... I can't. It's racist. four in the morning. <laughs> well, someone's got to do it. And it may as well be the yank then. And speaking of people who really yank my chain, we've got Roy Burnett over in Egypt. It's almost five in the morning here. Oh, jeez. And right there on my couch is Anna Marie Neufeld. That's muted anytime she's not talking. That's right. Uh, wish I had that function for her in Man. real life. But, uh, Such a high-energy podcast. Yes, it is. <laughs> we Because we all partied out on Turntable at FM before the show. We've been rocking the room and getting That's right. Doof. We played two total songs. We, uh, we, we played two, t- yeah, the, about in time. Because we kept skipping each other's, uh, <laughs> keep skipping each other's music. Because we couldn't get to long and play with each other. So... Uh, I hope everybody sent in their Operation Rainfall letters today to get uh, Nintendo to release Xenoblade in the States. Of course I didn't. It's being released here anyway. <laughs> well, you shut up. I sent mine in. <laughs> I, mailed my, I mailed my ledger to Reginald Fizame. It actually says Reginald. Apparently that's the address we're using. Uh, COO, care of Nintendo. I hope everyone else did. We gotta, we gotta get our letter writing campaign. People don't listen to internet petitions. They don't listen to emails. But real letters actually have a decent, like, way, chance of swaying people in politics. So maybe there's a chance it'll work for uh, video games too. We'll have to see. And uh, the only other stressful thing for people's lives right now, besides waiting for Nintendo to actually say, "Hey, JRPGs are coming out again," is of course, what are you gonna buy in the Steam sales today? So I hope everyone's been having fun in the Steam, Steam Summer Cat. Is Puzzle is Puzzle Agent Two on real sale yet? Uh, no. Damn it! But the one well, thing get... worth mentioning, Chris, is not only are we getting it, we're getting it two weeks earlier than it virtually announced. Ha! Mm, I see. I see. Well, so uh, well, the Steam sales for today: Divinity Two, twenty bucks, and you can get Mass Effect One and Two for about twelve dollars. Well, here's my question for you, Manny. See, I'm, good, I'm showing the chat room this right now. I have this handy-dandy lunchbox that says vault Tech on it because mm-hmm. it came in the version of Fallout 3 I bought on day one lunch that I still haven't played through beyond an hour. Mm-hmm. Should I buy the Game of the Year edition on Steam effectively nullifying the game that's in that box so that I get all the DLC content for about 10 bucks? Uh, it would cost you more to buy the DLC individually than it would cost you to buy this on Steam right now with everything. But do I care about the DLC on Steam? The DLC, uh, well, Operation Anchorage fixes the... Well, not Operation Anchorage, uh, Broken Steel fixes the game, remember? Well, it just lets you play after the ending, right? Yeah. I don't know if that's fixing the game. Oh, adds a lot of new content, 
wraps up the storyline in a satisfying way. Ah. Oh, and there's also the island. What's it called? It's uh, the one that takes place in the bayou. Is probably is great standalone material by Wait, itself. There you go. Uh, I see. Hmm. Well, let me just put it this way: it would if you wanted to buy just one bit of DLC, it would cost you ten dollars anyway. Does it? Oh, that's yeah. crazy. Fine. You know what else I'm going to buy for myself? You're going to buy the Bethesda pack for $52. It includes the Morrowind Game of the Year Edition, the Fallout 3 Game of the Year Edition, and the Oblivion Game of the Year Edition, Deluxe. That was not my plan. Okay. I was thinking of picking up The Last Remnant. Oh. Because I hear the PC version of that game doesn't suck. As much? I don't know. Depends who you ask. Hmm. Well, you know, the, the one thing the PC version of that game does have is um, it does have some, it still has some of the screen tearing issues due to there not being a V-Sync option. But um, for any computer program that has that, main two games that comes to mind are that one and the original Witcher, get a program called D3D Overrider. It's completely free and it fixes it. Can I just do that in the driver? Now, there isn't a driver for it that I found. No, I mean, my NVIDIA driver gives me the option to force VSync. I tried it with the NVIDIA driver. It didn't work. Ah, okay. So I, need, th- I need to hack it. Fair enough. Yeah, but it, 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 this program, it's completely free and takes like 10 seconds to download. All right. And now that everyone's turned the podcast off. <laughs> that was the most exciting discussion we've ever had. We need a warm up. Someone to come in here, tell some jokes, and warm us up. Yes, that's what we need. That's a, we went to Conan uh, before E three on the Monday. A lot of us went over to Conan O'Brien, and they had one of those guys. It was actually pretty good. They did some pretty good jokes. The one at Kimmel was not very good. Oh, really? Yes. Like ninety percent of his jokes revolved around no, no lie, ball sweat. Ew. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, it was really, really bad. All right, well, we need to get on to a topic now, because now <laughs> I want to just turn the podcast off. So, first, some feedback. I, I want to say most of the thread devolved into really technical, in-depth law discussions about First Amendment rights and the Supreme Court and how you would legislate, what to do or not, you would legislate law based on ratings formed by independent commercial organizations. I'm not going to bore you with that. So I'll give you the one piece of feedback we got that was not that. Uh, Just Doug wrote in and said, right there on our message board, said, I wish I'd been in the chat room for this. Lots of stuff I would have commented on, like how it's starting to feel like all the Japanese games I get interested in now are games that are getting more and more tenuous chances at seeing stateside release. Yes, I would agree with that due to my Operation Rainfall struggles of late. Some of them, it's because of the differences between the PSP markets across the oceans. But even so, my preferred style of games is getting to be even more niche. I already have to go to websites for half my games. Uh, Would never see copies on store shelves. And that's not necessarily a bad thing in itself. But now there are increasing numbers of games that aren't going to see any kind of release here. And I'm starting starting to worry. So my question is just dug into hentai. All super Oh, it's it's all SRT games. Yeah. Wait, so what are these games that like that you guys are talking about? I don't because know. it seems like you still get all the big Square Enix stuff and the big Namco stuff and the big. Well, we uh, don't get we don't get so the big Nintendo stuff. There, there's one, but and uh, Vesperia PS3, all of Super Robot Wars, but that's a different issue altogether. Yeah, still. Vesperia PS3 is still PSP is still not announced for the US. Uh, did we get all the all the freaking Tales games announced here yet? 
Uh, we're still missing quite a few of them. Um, Are the recent ones? Uh, we have the obviously we you do have the announcement for Tales of Graces, but that still hasn't been announced for Europe. Uh, mm. They haven't said anything at all about Tales of Zillia. Obviously, they've written off pretty much written off the Spirit PS3 as ever coming out. Mm. So, as I said, I mean, I, I understand his plight, but only because I've been pretty much in that position since about 2005. All right, I'll be the source of all your hatred right now. Let me play devil advocate. Um, do they have? Do these companies have a reason to even publish these games here? Not especially. Which companies? The, well, I mean, these games that don't that aren't coming out. Is, do, is Namco it a Bandai doesn't strike them? me as needing to be at the same profit margin level that Nintendo likes to be at. Mm-hmm. So does Nintendo have a? Uh, but do these Nintendo, companies in general? They look Nintendo, at their bottom of course, line and think. Yeah, Nintendo absolutely has no business reason to waste their time on the last story because they're used to working in bigger markets, bigger markups, bigger total bottom lines. Um, but that doesn't say other companies work on those same work with those same floors on their budgets. It's like, you know, if somebody like NIS America can find success, yeah. obviously you can, you can do it right. To them, like 200,000 200, cop units is an, uh, yeah, an abject sure. failure. Uh, well, for Nintendo, I don't know if I'd agree with that number. Two hundred thousand is is pretty decent. Um, I think we talk about what, games where they sell, you know, fifteen thousand things that are very hard to turn around a profit if you're going to go all out marketing them. You have to do a small release, and are you going to bother if you're a big company that, you know, your gaming uh, market starts at two hundred thousand and goes higher, right? Hmm. I, but I I don't know. I, does, does Namco Bandai fall into that? I don't know. At the end of the day, I mean, we like to think of these. We like to throw a lot of loyalty behind game companies and publishers. But at the end of the day, they're just businesses run by executives beholden to shareholders, and they're going to do what's best for their business, right? There was an interesting chart that was uh, that was put out this week with a very uh, expletive-heavy article on. Uh, escapist and it was a really interesting breakdown of of uh, of a mix of publishers but it was all like games that may have originally felt too quote unquote Japanese to do well here and (laughs) a lot of them had really subpar numbers like sub 50,000 in Japan and yet localized into North America and Europe they all sold over 100,000 copies in each region so, I mean, I feel like the game companies don't look at precedents before they decide on some of these releases. So what? Do we need a change of management at these companies? I don't know. Uh, I would think so, but apparently it's not about... It. That's the weird thing about this industry, right? Is how much it, fan-based it is, and yet... Mm-hmm. Uh, how little they seem to care about those dedicated fans as they grow big. Yeah, none of these companies really care. So, and yet, I don't know. I don't know how to answer it. Um, I'm going to agree to disagree there because at this point, I would feel that Atlas is definitely an established company. They're not big. They don't do the big. They don't do the big releases. They don't. They don't worry about a. They don't worry about a game that's doing a million sales. Okay. Nintendo's and in that scale, not that. At the same time, I actually think that a lot of game companies should sort of take a note on what Atlas does because Atlas seems to be really good at taking games that even if they don't sell a huge ton of copies, they make a profit off of. 
Right, but isn't the point that the profit that they make is a drop in the bucket as far as Nintendo's operating costs go? So how do you justify spending all those resources on it when it's really doing nothing for your overall bottom line? Because nothing says that they need to spend a metric button to do this. You can localize a a game on a budget. The fact that Nintendo is unable to do that as opposed to unwilling makes them stupid. No, but my point is that even when you do that, the amount of money you make is dwarfed by any of your low-tier, big-budget releases that are just mainstream. But if you're Nintendo, putting a game out like The Last Story or Xenoblade on the Wii, for the, which the, for the U.S. has absolutely nothing releasing on it, heaven forbid Nintendo actually have a decent third-party game on their console. Moreover, they have this sort of PR vacuum that they need to fill because they've just announced the Wii U. And yet they're already talking about titles for the Wii that they're not bringing over. Like, that is the worst possible situation that they could possibly be in. This is, no one has anything to talk about for Nintendo because they don't have the new system. The 3DS doesn't have a butt-ton of games. The Wii is established. It should have, you know, this slew, this library of games coming out. And Nintendo is sitting there going, hmm, nah. So They don't need to. It's the GameCube all over again, right? But you remember these, like we're comparing like a a big, what, what's it, a, a hardware company empowered by software, and we're and we're comparing that to a small company based in you know based in Irvine. I mean, they have completely different corporate cultures. They just do things differently, and they think of things differently. And just, I mean, I mean, it's easy for us to complain and say, "Why aren't you doing this?" But I just, maybe it's just they simply can't because they're not structured that way. They're not they're not designed to think that way. I mean, which is I guess, why I'm saying, if they looked to other companies, they could see a practical why would example. They? But I just really don't. I can never imagine Nintendo saying, you know, Atlas. They they know how, they know what they're doing. We should we should emulate them. If their core business strategies are structured such that you know we we when we set out to do a project, we're going to achieve X as a minimum, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna turn an investment. And we're going to make this time's our investment, and we're going to make a profit minimum of this. Otherwise, it's not worth our time. We consider the project a failure. Then you sit there and take a look at a game that's going to sell 50,000 copies. How do you make that fit into a structure that has ballooned so beyond what anything Atlas can even hope to achieve? Well, if we need to tie it into what the hardware company wants to do, the thing, particularly with the Nintendo home consoles, um, with the GameCube and again with the Wii and I'm sure it's something that will happen with the Wii U is you have crap tons of early adopters and there are more Wiis out there than 360s but the problem is is that Microsoft has maintained a steady flow of sales throughout the years mm-hmm. Nintendo had a big glomp of sales everybody wanted a Wii the first year it was out everybody was sold out and the second year it was sold out in some places and other places you were okay and by the third year no matter what time of the year it was no matter what season there were always always Wiis and that was not the situation necessarily with Playstations and that was not the situation necessarily with 360s and it's not because there's a hardware shortage of the latter too are you asserting that Nintendo's the last story and and Xenoblade are going to be system sellers? Potentially. To who? Late adopters. Really, At really late adopters. 
if you don't put out good games that get people really excited, like the these clearly have, you know, a lot of people up in arms about, there is zero potential for late season selling. If you have these titles that there's a ton of buzz around them and there's the community that really wants to push them, it's at least a potential for more hardware sales. No games. But how big is this community? But call me crazy, but I feel like the people who, who sort of the Xenoblade, the, the Project Rainfall kind of people, they're plugged in. They already own a Wii. They already own all of these things. I don't know. I can't see them generating a ton of new sales, hardware-wise. No, but again, it ties into what your future hardware is going to look like. And I'm not going to pretend that everybody who commented that they're not going to buy a Wii U won't buy one. I mean, 90% of them are blasting crap. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to buy a Wii U. It's going to suck. Okay, you you know they're going to buy one. But this is certainly going to deter them from being an early adopter. And Nintendo needs those early adopters because without them, they don't keep up. Do you think Nintendo is just a glomp company in general? And like you were talking about how Microsoft kept on going, 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 and then Wii was just like this sort of, you know, got into the popular zeitgeist, became the big trending fad, got into a lot of people who don't mainly game. That's sort of just the kind of company they are now. I think Nintendo's PR is eventually going to catch up with them in that they cannot be a front-loaded company. They can't be a front-loaded hardware sales company their whole life. Like, that that eventually is going to fail. And I think that if they don't turn sort of these sort of PR nightmares into, you know, decent PR, then we're going to start seeing it in the next generation. You said something interesting, Chris, earlier how the media sort of just was, uh, the gaming media were about this whole Project Rainfall thing was like, oh, they said no. Sucks, guys. Sucks yeah. for you. And you were like saying, don't brush them off so quickly. No. It hasn't even started. It was so ridiculous because the person who said no was a social network services like lackey, someone who's probably paid to do this from home. Just Hello. updating the Facebook page. Hello. And, and like we're going to take their word as like it came out of Reggie's mouth. <laughs> they They have as much feedback as any other games media person does sending in a comment. Like, can we get a request for comment? And they just said, well, we have nothing to say at this time. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything when they put something on their Facebook page. And yet all the media sites turn around and said, like, oh, that Nintendo said no. Big shock. Said no. Said no. Today, but, but, there's a story. Did you see the story today, Manny? What's, uh, tell me about it. On Operation Rainfall's blog, they've put up that they've received internal leaked info from a source close to Nintendo. And, of course, this is a rumor because they won't confirm it because the source would supposedly lose their job if they did. That um, Xenoblade has already been localized for North America, and they're just waiting to make the announcement later. Mm. which is uh, I don't know what to make of it because it could be complete BS and Operation Rainfall people whoever's running that website may not be good at filtering out people who are uh, you know making jokes on their expense but you know it could be absolutely true and then all this stuff is like oh yeah learn not to trust the Facebook people but I don't know but I guess my earlier point to that was that was just like how Anna was calling this a PR nightmare I guess it is among a certain set of fans, but like the main game stream media, sort of, they picked the story up once, oh. and they said, oh, story's done, and they oh moved on. Oh my gosh. Uh, the stockholders didn't seem happy with it. Hmm? The stockholders didn't seem happy with it. I the mean, Nintendo stock has dropped 
almost every day since that announcement came out. Yeah, for, and and for another reason as well. There, I think we have the story in our in our news section, but I guess I'll spoil it here. Uh, the Nintendo announced that yeah, we were thinking about getting mobile games development, but we're not really going to make games on the iPhone because they they announced a new uh, Pokemon thing, which we'll talk about later, for the iPhone. And said, "Well, well, well, hold on, guys. It's just a, it's just, it's just a free app tie-in thing to promote Pokemon. We're not actually going to be making games for iOS. This isn't like the beginning of iOS things." As soon as they announced the app, their stock like ballooned. And as soon as they said, "No, we're not really doing that," it just crashed. <laughs> so it's like uh, it, it, Nintendo seems to be on a on a terror of pissing off shareholders, which really makes me wonder about this whole shareholder argument as to why Nintendo can't bring these games over. I, I'm wondering if shareholders, they care a lot about bottom line, but they also care about people, uh, your brand meaning something and people liking it. So maybe there's there's something beyond just being able to meet a minimum profit level for Nintendo here, and that's you know getting that brand equity and trust of its of its vocal fans behind them, and maybe that's uh, that means something monetarily that's beyond just the sale of the games. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. And I mean, that sort of, I know people are talking dollars and cents and dollars and cents and is it worth it to us? But I mean, every business has an intangible asset, their reputation, and there's no dollar value you can put on that. So Anna, you feel like this is seriously hurting Nintendo's reputation? I feel it is a step in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. And I feel that what long-term effects this will have will be how they react to what the fans have said. I mean, there were like 3,000 comments within two or three hours on this post. I think the last time I looked earlier this week, it was like 8,000 comments. And that number is not reflective of the number of comments that have been hidden. If you hide a comment, it does not show up in that number. They're up to 7,709. Yeah, it's they probably filtered a bunch of them out. There are 2,000 comments on their rewards program post and then 1,000 comments on their platinum reward post and then 776 comments on the post after that. And if you can imagine, most of the comments are still about Xenoblade and the last story. Shocking. Yeah, people aren't You know, I would laugh, go. though. I mean, I would, I would laugh so much if after, I mean, if the Project Rainfall guys got their way and they sold 10,000 copies or 20,000 copies, 50,000 copies... I don't. I, I honestly. I mean, that's what I would expect. Something like fifty thousand copies for a game like this. Um, I, this is just kind of a. This is kind of just a thing. Like, there's a fan market for it. You don't need to do much advertising to us, and you've got the localizations pretty much done. I know. I know. Technically, you don't like to let a localization come out because there's use in it when in the word color. But you know, maybe we'd be willing to deal with that. Just throw us a bone here. Seriously, search and replace. Well, that's for the use, but what about the other other references and talking about the loo or the lift and that sort of stuff that people? It's just, just what they do in that world. It's it. They're yeah, British. In that, I mean, in that Japanese world. Didn't we have those sort of British um, little foibles in in Dragon Quest Eight? Um, and we loved it, core blimey. It, but except, you know, I did listen to an interview about that, and apparently they they dialed that back from a lot from where they wanted to go with the British localization so we it's actually kind of americanized british oh the best type of british 
Spe- have you seen this, Quinn? Uh, McDonald's has a new British burger. It's called the English Pub Burger. Oh, really? Oh, God, what? <laughs> no, let me, uh, you guys, let me find you the link to the story. Because <laughs> it is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. But then again, I'm not British. Maybe this is actually secretly awesome. You don't um, go double down? Just well, saying. You, it, it could definitely be said that what... Um, for what Anna was saying about this hurting uh, Nintendo's brand, at least among people that enjoy RPGs, especially considering that the Wii has almost next to no RPGs on it. Well, and the other thing is, is, is like, I know that hardcore gamers are going to be okay with switching to a new system, but a lot of people that own a Wii, like, I don't know if this is uh, demonstrative of, of you guys' experience, but a lot of people I know that have a Wii, that's like the first system that they've bought. Or it's like the first system that they've bought for themselves and not for their kids. Or I guess it's the first system that they bought since, like, the Nintendo and the Atari. Like, my parents have a Wii. My grandparents have a Wii. I think six of my aunts and uncles have Wiis. So, and I actually think I know more people that are non-gamers than that are gamers personally that have a Wii. Yep, and, and for those people you sell Wii for those play. People, uh, and for those people, they don't want to move to a Wii U. No, they're, they're not they're, playing their Wii. They're not buying any games. They're in the closet already. Are, yes, are, are they dragging not. that out? I mean, really. Oh, yeah. Most of the people that I know that have a Wii play a Wii. And have they bought any games since? Have they bought any games since they got it? My parents bought a special TV so that they can have the Wii in their trailer. And my parents buy at least one game a month for their Wii. Yeah. So Nintendo has. So you can imagine how much crap that they buy. But I mean, the thing is, is that if if Nintendo completely alienates the hardcore gamer. And the casual gamers don't want to move to a Wii U. Who do they have left to sell the Wii U to? So they've got an issue with their ten-year, uh, their ten-year life cycle. People then. So whereas the, the, the PS2 was able to sell games for almost ten years, the Wii's going to have nothing to sell. You know the funny thing. It's just funny too about the whole Wii U thing is that they're positioning that whole system as parity with the other consoles you can play your ports here you can play the third party games here yeah you could play them there for like about a year and a half <laughs> until the playstation 4 and the next xbox comes out and those things completely leapfrog the wii u hmm. Ouch. no i don't think so i mean there isn't that much further that technology oh can push. don't even oh, go battlefield there. 3 have you that seen is, battlefield 3? that is a bald-faced lie <laughs> Physics engines, AI, oh my gosh. Graphics no. are nowhere near maxed Sorry. out on a 360. Can I, can I finish my statement? There isn't much further that hardware can go. What needs to be done now is human ingenuity in how to interpret that uh, hardware. I, mean, but I, I don't know. That's I, actually I think... not true. There's a lot of stuff that you can do right now with programming if you have enough horsepower behind it. Yep. There's a whole field of analytics coming out that's just because we have all these spare CPUs in the world, so we can do all this number crunching and find all these data trends and stuff. This won't apply to this won't apply to games. I'm just trying to give you an example in the real world that because we've got more and more cycles around that we don't need for everything, that we just we're just finding new things and new ways to apply them that we'd never have spare cycles to throw at these things before. Uh, technology isn't slowing down. <laughs> I mean I mean look at the game like Illinois. I mean that's 
It was already difficult to pull off as is on the Xbox 360. They crammed three discs on there and they had to turn down the resolution a lot. And even just the face mapping technology, as that gets better and you can start mapping more depth into a person's face, you can start doing their whole body and that's going to take up a lot more resources too. And I am sorry, but 360 graphics kind of look like trash to me today compared to, to, to good PC game graphics. Oh, I mean, just look at, I mean, there's the new, uh, the new Far Cry game, the Battlefield 3, amazing. They're pushing stuff really hard there. And you just can't do that now on the PlayStation 3 or the Xbox 3. Like, the, the, the PS3 and Xbox 360 version of Battlefield 3, I mean, the multiplayer version would be very much pared down. They won't be able to have as many people. You won't be able to have as much going on. They're going to have to turn on the graphics, turn on the resolution. It's just not going to be as... Not only is it not going to look as good, it's not going to function as well. One of the things that amazes me is that even 2D games, which you wouldn't think are pushing the systems that hard, because of the RAM limitations, there's like bullet mm-hmm. hell shooters mm-hmm. and stuff, they actually can't do everything that they want to do on the screen at once because of these limitations. And you yeah. freaking 2D games, and they don't need like the graphics chips. They're just trying to push pics, uh, just trying to do crap, like little bullets, dots on the screen. So I don't know. Uh, trivia fact Ikaruga is 37 megabytes. Nice. Oh, that's how wait. much awesome! That's how much awesome you can cram into such a small space. Twin, <laughs> <laughs> so I have to ask, what do you think of the English pub burger from McDonald's? Oh, you, yeah, uh, I was that, just going to mention that, Manny. How can it be an English burger if it has American cheese on it? The the, the, the looking <laughs> at that burger kind of makes me uh, makes me wretch. Oh, it makes me know that it's time to move on to a new topic. That's what it makes me know. <laughs> do we do we want to sort of wrap up our thoughts on Nintendo and and oh, yeah, sure. just go around the table? Oh, back or okay. okay? How about well, we just how about we just ask for feedback well, then? What what do the listeners think about this sort of? We might announce it. Screw you guys! It's coming out in Europe. Screw you, North Americans. We maybe there there's a rumor that it might actually come out. Maybe potential plans for for buying a Wii U. Well, apparently Sam's been trying to jump in here and talk to us, and I don't know what's wrong with that. And that pub book, that pub burger, by the way, that looks nice. It looks like a okay burger. I don't know what's wrong with it. What am I missing? Pub burger. Hey, hi Sam. There we go. Stupid microphone. If someone asks you if a fancy English pub burger, the correct response is yes. This sandwich is smashing, made with a third pound of 100% Angus beef, hickory smoked bacon, white cheddar, and American cheese, grilled onions, long tangy steak sauce, and smoky Dijon mustard sauce all housed <laughs> on, a, on an artisan roll. It's so tasty, you'll be gobsmacked. Did you become... Okay, you went from British to Irish to California prospector in the 1800s. <laughs> back to, back to what British. the heck kind of yeah. accent was that? It was all four. I believe we can summarize it as painful. Yes. Thank you. So, uh, okay, what is, did somebody, did you guys actually have something to say before we moved on? Yeah, anyone yet? Yeah. Go around the table really quick. Nobody, no? No. All right. Anyone want to join me in a Google Hangout? Yes. <laughs> Google Hangout. <laughs> that's where we're all going. That, Google that's Hangout. more interesting than talking about Nintendo. Uh, True it's, that. It's certainly more, less Nintendo depressing. was so, you know, 10 years ago. Screw that. <laughs> so 10 years ago. <laughs> That's right. This girl hey, knows Sam. what's what. Do you even own a Wii? Nope. Okay. That's what I thought. Hey, but does she own an Xbox 360 and a PS3 and beat people up on them constantly? Yes. <laughs> Aha. You know, I, you know, all right. 
the thing about the, the these games for me isn't because they're Nintendo. It's because it's an Uematsu soundtrack on one of them. So, you know. can you buy the soundtrack? And just... Yeah, but that's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same as experiencing the beautiful music. I like while to play the, the game. game before buying the soundtrack. Yeah, I want to be buying stuff while I listen to this song. Chop, yeah. chop <laughs> I'd love to buy things for my Wii if I had a Wii. <laughs> yeah, they're so expensive. Uh, I don't know what you're waiting for. You know, I'm, I'm never going to buy one. <laughs> if they, if they don't, you know, my final thoughts on it. Uh, I know Operation Rainfall said not to do this, but if they don't release them, I probably will import uh, a Wii and and just work it out so I can play these. Wait, you have to. The Wii is region locked. Yes, it is. So you need to hack it or buy an import Wii. And I, I will have to find a shop that actually sells import Wiis, which I haven't done yet, but I'll have to work it out. And get a converter plug for your wall. Uh, no, that that will be the easy part. You actually use the US plug because uh, the output it, voltage is the same either way. Right, it's the TV things that you need the right plugs for. Uh, nope. Can, apparently component, H, H, component 480p will work. 480i wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily rely on that. A lot of the European companies were having problems at E3. Okay. Oh, Europeans. Europeans. I don't know. That's uh, apparently it was supposed to work. So I, I don't have a. I don't know where to find a 480. Right. It was. It was one of those things converter. where they they showed up and they plugged all their stuff in, having been reassured that everything would work fine, except it was in color and the music cut in and out. Oh, I think it was, it was, it was in not in color. It was in, <laughs> it was in black and white, and, and the music cut in and out. So. I, I, I think the only thing I'm using at this point is somehow in the space of, I don't know, what, five years or something? Um, the Europe and America have practically traded places yeah. as far as JRPG. Oh, right. yeah. You guys have the best year. I mean, Sony Europe is amazing. I love Sony Europe. I hate Sony America. I, I can't you know, believe like, it. Um, I post an article you know, from 2006, Quinn, on my Twitter account that complained about how Europe is always behind and will never get all the releases at North America gets for the Wii, and they were yeah, telling no, you how to like, import a US Wii so you could play all the US games that are coming yeah, out for but it. It's, it's things like, um, things like, uh, um, what was I going to say? Um, you know, uh, Square Enix Europe being better than Square Enix America, uh, giving us decent special editions and stuff like that. Yeah, Lee gets on camera and shows me all of his special editions, and I call him very foul names. I love their, uh, the, the Deus Ex Collection Edition, so nice. Yeah, and I Sony Europe—they take care of you. They do, and I uh, love. Sony but that's Europe. okay. That's that's not the only thing. We are getting stuff in North America. We're getting but, Image Epics RPG. But but Action Jensen. Yeah, I want Action Jensen. You're not too. getting. You're not getting Action Jensen with Kung Fu Grip. What you are getting is Image Epics RPG called Fate Slash Extra, which is a PSP <laughs> RPG that takes place in a parallel universe to the uh, visual novel called Fate Slash Stay Night. Fate Stay Night, you don't need to present the slash. There's a slash in it, and if people were searching for it online, they wouldn't get it if I just say Fate Stay Night. They probably would. They probably would. I don't know what that title means. (laughs) This this is not as good as Action Jensen, Chris. But it's Dating Slim Slash RPG, right? So, yeah. But it has no Kung Fu grip. (laughs) You know, I'm happy Axis is bringing us another visual novel game. They just did 999, now they're doing Fate Extra. I'm looking forward to this. Well, and then there's it. also that other one that, for the love of God, I can't pronounce, but it's uh, an Edo era style visual novel. Really? Mm-hmm. When's that out? Is that out now? No, no, no. It's coming out around the same time as uh, Fate's Day. Cool. They are 
fate extra. It's... So that one probably isn't slash RPG. It's just no, no. Novel? That one is a straight visual novel. Okay. And it's an idea factory visual novel. So take that for what you will. I guess this one's technically... probably better than their RPGs. <laughs> this one technically isn't a visual novel. It's just based on a visual novel series, it's... dating sim, and par- RPG. That's like Persona. Yeah. Great. Maybe it'll be That's good. closer to what it is. I'm actually there's excited. There's a lot I of visual style. Yeah. There's a lot of visual novel aspects to it, Chris, so that is something to look forward to in Fate Extra. Unfortunately, has Image Epoch ever done anything good? Uh, I'll get uh, back to one. <laughs> remind, remind, me of that, remind me of that full production credits again. Oh, I'm, I'm bringing it out. One and two. Seven, yeah, Seventh Dragon, Luminous Arc 1 and 2, Sands of Destruction, Luminous Arc 3, The Last Ranker. Oh, uh, that's... I don't know um, if that was any good or not. I think you mean the last wanker. Archrise Fantasia. Well, as we know, that wasn't too it's bad. It's not their you... fault that it's bad here. It's... Yeah, that wasn't their fault that it was bad. <laughs> so, all right. I'm 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 excited. This is good enough. I'm excited. Fate Extra, I'm on board. Well, the fact that the fact that Fate Extra is coming out just lead, uh, just gives me more hope that um, somebody somewhere might localize the 360 version of the fighting game based on Omineko. Because they, they ported the, uh, the, fight, the fighting game based on Fate Stay Night, so I'm kind of hoping someone picks it up. But, eh, unfortunately, because the, um, the translation of the visual novel is a fan-created thing, even though it's endorsed, means that I strongly doubt it. But it's, it's nice to hope. I can't believe we're getting this and we're not getting Xenoblade in the last story. <laughs> that just makes me sad. All right. Uh, and the other visual novel thing apparently is called Hakuoki Demon of the Fleeting Blossom, but that is not an RPG. So thank you, Sam. It looks pretty, though. That's good. Maybe I'll pick I like pretty. Up. I want to play those things. Adam Jensen's very pretty. Adam Jensen, Jensen, pretty boy. Uh, And then speaking of the third game, you guys aren't getting, but yeah, Pandora's Tower. You guys are getting. It's been confirmed for Europe, and they don't have a date though, do they? Just sometime, uh, sometime in the next year, I suppose. It was announced at uh, the Japan Expo 2011, which happened in Paris, France. Which was kind of a cool place to be, apparently. It looked like a cool little convention going on there. And Capcom was there, and other people were there. A lot of little, little oh. video game announcements. Wasn't uh, Anime Expo like the biggest anime convention in North America just last weekend? I don't know, but yep. it got overrided by Japan Expo, apparently. Oh, you're saying like, yeah, like last, fourth, yeah, just this past weekend, Anime Expo at uh, LA Convention Center. It's the biggest Anime Expo in North America. Did you go? Did you cosplay no. as a uh, as Ray? I cosplay as a guy from... sleeping in bed. Ray from uh, Evangelion. You could do it. All you need is a skin tight jumpsuit, Manny. You're good to go. And breasts. And breasts. Yes. Well, I do love breasts. <laughs> Nick knows what I'm talking about. And, and you know, to rub salt in the wound, uh, Europe apparently just got announced that uh, Xenoblade Chronicles is coming out sooner than intended. So it'll be out August 19th. Yeah, Roy mentioned that. Yay yeah, him. which happens to be my birthday. Oh, happy frickin' birthday, you jerk. <laughs> better enjoy, better enjoy the make, game. Hey, it makes up for the fact that uh, Super Robot Wars got delayed until September 29th. Ah, uh, all right. As long as you have to wait for something. So this is weird. A dude named Andrew Dice, apparently not Andrew Dice Clay. 
I was about to say you told you stole my joke. Okay. <laughs> Runs a place called Carpe Folger, and I think uh, they're the people who did uh, Resetir. Resetir, yeah. Resetir. Yeah. Resetir in the upcoming Chantelise. Uh, and apparently, also the upcoming Fortune Summoners, which is a new localization they're doing. This was a fan-made title uh, developed by Lizsoft, and it, I, I don't know what it's a fan-made title of. It's a Dojin title that usually means it's fan-made of something. I, I guess there's a manga or something? I don't know. Uh, Fortune Summoners named the game. It's side-scrolling action RPG, and it's been announced. Some more good stuff from the rest of your people. Right. Yeah, this this one's kind of interesting because uh, in this case, Lizsoft is actually one person <laughs> who created Liz? this entire game, uh, and apparently they were having the hardest time trying to get it, and then finally they somehow managed the negotiations because they've been talking about this one for a while. So it's it's good to hear that it's actually coming, and that actually the localization's going faster than it is for Chantilly's. Nice. Yeah, this was Secret Project Number Three on Twitter, right? Yep. Okay. Yes, it was. Okay. So they, uh, oh, I don't even know. I guess I won't get into details. So interesting that they all came together and it's coming out here. Is there even a way for people to enjoy the original material that whatever this is is based on? Probably not, right? Does anyone know what the original not material sure, to be is? Honest. It's... Uh, we sure don't. <laughs> That's <laughs> the one thing about these games that kind of bugs me. It's like, these are all fan made games of. Stuff that you guys don't have in America. But buy it. It's anime style. Okay. <laughs> Nintendo's not giving us anything. We may as well buy your games. It's kind of how it's working. Oh. I have an important announcement to make. What's that? My fan club is listening. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. <laughs> Anna has a fan club of one person, much like Lizsoft. So it's, it's Anna Club. Or pause club, pause, whatever. I have a fan club, but she's on this podcast right now. <laughs> I love Nick's. I love Anna's. <laughs> and WB loves all its Lord of the Rings War in the North fans, and they've announced lies. The that is edition. such a lie, Chris. Know, wow, Chris, you managed to transition from lesbianism to Lord of the Rings. That's pretty impressive. I did. <laughs> Well, you know, there's there's plenty of gay overtures in, in Lord of the Rings. You know, it's it's appropriate and fitting. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. apparently, no, if you... Uh, appropriate. Yeah. This collector's edition that they're trying to sell you for $130. $130! And you don't, even get a, you don't even get a Halo statue. What do you get, Manny? You get a fancy case. It's a freaking arrow case. Have you shot arrows ever, Manny? Um, I think so. A boy... A, a, Boy, I like scouts, camp at boy camp. <laughs> yeah, I've at summer I've boy shot camp. A, I've shot a bow and arrow at camp. I mean, <laughs> do you do you need a quiver in your life? Is that something you've been missing? No, I have men to do that. How about a quiver that looks like it's been photoshopped with uh, fake arrows that you probably won't even get with the product? So, the- how about we get like what is it, the Amazon version that has the music without the crummy box? Oh my god! No, it's three. This is okay. So here's how this works: for one hundred and twenty-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents U.S., you get a fancy quiver-shaped case. It, notice it's not a quiver; it's a quiver-shaped case. So apparently, the game fits in it, and it's not even for carrying arrows, even though the picture has arrows in the thing. And I don't even know how that works. An art book featuring concept art from the game. By the way, if that quiver that quiver doesn't even look like it would hold up to being a real quiver, 
It's just, I guess you're supposed to stick on your wall and say, see, I'm an awesome Lord of the Rings fan. I wasted $130 on this. Uh, a collection of interviews and footage about the development of the game's music, not the game, the game's music, <laughs> is on a, some disc. And you get three whole tracks from the War in the North soundtrack. That's right. You paid $130 and you get three tracks from the soundtrack. But it's okay. You got a quiver-shaped case. Lame. I don't even know. I don't know what to say. Awesome. One of the listeners just messaged me and said that they just had their bow restrung. They used to do competitive archery in high That's, school. We found the person this is for. <laughs> Congratulations. Congrats. You, you are going to – I guess we'll have to buy him a copy. Well, right. maybe not. I want to gripe. You know what really grinds my gears? Yeah. Collection editions nowadays. They seem to be all pretty, pretty bad, and a lot of you pay a lot of money for them. Well, I would assert that this is goodness. better than the Fable Three one. Okay, the Fable Three one is pretty bad. I mean, at least you get the quiver-shaped case here you know, made out of Mass like Effect, leather, right? <laughs> you know, even the Mass Effect Three one, which is better than a lot of one, are still it's still kind of bad. Uh, yeah. Isn't that the one that you can only get through Origin? No, that's um, a different one. PC. Oh, okay. So if I buy well, it on I, PC, I can only get the deluxe, digital deluxe edition through Origin. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it seems like you spend $20 for what's really not worth more than yeah, – it's actually it's kind of worthless. It has no real monetary value is what you're really paying for. I, at least you're getting a big chunk of leather here. I'll give them that. But the thing is, it's just I, – if you're going to make me pay $130, I expect the Cadillac treatment. So in addition to that big chunk of leather, I do expect a full soundtrack. And when I saw I didn't get a full soundtrack with this, it just made me go, what mm-hmm. are you doing? You know, like the – even like uh, – remember, it's like the big Dead Space 2 thing. It seems like EA just has bad collections in general. Like their thing was like a make, basically you got a McDonald's – a plastic McDonald's toy of, a, <laughs> of, of, a, of one of the line guns and a, a, a soundtrack of a game you might necessarily want to listen to because that game is all kind of clangy and – but at least you got the full soundtrack, though, didn't you? Yeah, and yeah. you get like a litho. But it's like a lithograph now is like a big ticket item. It's like a, a, a tiny little postcard, and you're supposed to say like, "Hey, this was totally worth twenty dollars." I got, this a, McDonald's I got toy. a Pokemon lithograph for free for a pre-order of some stupid thing. That's I the, think. Oh wait, this is a laser. I think the. Uh, I was gonna say. I think the last special mean? edition I bought, and again, I don't know if this one came out in America because, well, it's wait, Sega. Wait, Quinn, is it like, awesome? Well, yeah, it was an entire. Okay, then it didn't come out here. <laughs> it was the, uh, the Shogun, the Shogun Total War Two one, which oh. came with an entire chess set. Right, yeah, Manny. that totally did not come out here. What about the Witcher Two one? Do you like that one? The one where you get an actual marble Actually, you know what? bust That's of the Witcher's That's CD head? Project, and they're insane. <laughs> because no, I'm being serious. They're insane because fifty dollars is what their game costs. Their normal PC game costs, right? Fifty dollars. Yeah. And inside of the normal fifty dollar package is more more stuff than in most collection editions that cost eighty dollars. This is a true statement. This is a very true statement. CD Projekt they take care of their fans. It's like ridiculous. They give you the full soundtrack. They give you a full guide. They give you the making of DVD. They give you paper craft. They give you like an in, two in game items, a letter meant to represent something in the game, and a, a metal coin. Uh, the entire game is DRM free. I mean, you name it, they put it in that package and they give it to you for fifty bucks. And they're so nice, they officially drop the price everywhere to forty. And it's the same package. Every everything you buy for forty dollars of The Witcher Two is basically the eighty dollar version of every other game. Hmm. 
Wow. <laughs> so there well, you go. More that, companies that, should be like CD Projekt. Done. <laughs> Last word on that, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> CD Projekt loves its fans. They win. They do, and I love CD Projekt. CD Projekt. And, and if you buy it from GOG, they give you all that stuff digitally. Absolutely. He makes a perfect point. If you Steam buy it well. on GOG, Steam and, as well. you get yep. all of that for free. There's, they don't try to weasel you out of more money. Yep. Good stuff. <sighs> Sam, what is this game? Which one? The Lost Angela Chronicles of Frayne Dragon's Odyssey. Oh, are, are they for oh are they for real with that title? <laughs> yes, believe it or not. Okay. To be honest, I actually don't know much about it because this was sent it's, to me. It's the fully other day. voice acted and it's an indie title. That's pretty crazy, right? Or is this not an That's, indie title? This is actually it is an indie title from Japan. It's one of these weird localization projects that you know a lot of people were surprised when it got announced. Because it was kind of like, well, why would you release this? But to be honest, I, I don't know much about the story or anything. I just know that, you know, it's it's going to be fully voiced. They have like a new revised soundtrack. And it's something that a lot of people are actually claiming to be a little over localized. Wow, so it's, take it's, that for what you will. It's like it's, a 32 bit era game. Well, with higher resolution, though. Wow. I don't know. I like the look of it myself. Well, like it's, it's got a very lunar quality to it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, actually. Um, it's something I want to try, but yeah, absolutely. until I have more information, I mean, I'll... Do they have a know, website or something? Up. I've never heard of XE Create. They do. They do. It's a Japanese company, actually. Oh. So and there's, like, a... no U.S. place to find any info about this game yet? No, not yet. Have they even said it's coming out here? Yep. Yep, because okay. I have emails. I have the emails for it, so it's just one of those. They just have no distribution it. point. Yeah, it was it was announced at Anime Expo, and uh, uh. quite a few people that I was following on Twitter were like, "Oh, we thought they were kidding when they said this was coming out, but no, it's know, apparently it's coming out. It's real. Uh, it's right up there with Author Adventure: Tale of the Tainted Tomes, which that actually does have a distribution point. Xbox Live Indie Game, and we like to plug those when they look interesting. Woo-hoo. This is one that has a turn-based system called Book Combat, where you get offense, defense, and run. And, uh, okay. There you go. Okay, I, I can explain this a little bit better. The whole yeah. idea is that as as you progress in battle, the characters learn new skills based off of the novels that they write. So you have your authors of Jane Austen, Charles Dickens, Shakespeare, and Mark Twain. So every time they gain in a new skill, it's a new novel, and then it gets added as a new skill. That's kind of what it is. Alright. So it's based on the number of times you use an ability, uh, based on the number of or your levels and that sort of thing. Like It has a neat idea. It's just kind of complicated, I guess, to explain. Yeah. Yeah. Sam's tired. She's trying. <laughs> uh, well, here's an easy one to explain. Devil Survivor Overclocked has a release date, August 23rd, which is oh. before it even comes out in Japan. Yay! Something to cure the summer lull? Yeah, on your 3DS. Or on your, or wait. Not the only 3DS coming out game coming out in North America before the Japan. Oh, really? What else? Harvest Moon. Oh, Harvest Moon! Yeah, the Tale of the Two Towns, is, the 3DS version is going to be out in North America before it's out in Japan. Tell yes. us more. 
No. No. Uh, <laughs> it's a Harvest Moon game. You can fish. Hey. I love you Harvest. You can farm. Moon. You can fish. You can pet a sheep. Well, you have the perfect panel furs. for this. Yeah. For for Harvest Moon right I here. I know. <laughs> we've, got, we've got our Harvest Moon rock stars here. <laughs> so what, I want to pet some sheep. How about uh, how about playing more Dragon Age Two? Yay! I'm yeah. alone on that. Well, it's okay. You're good. Is it twenty dollars yet? I'll do it. Is it twenty dollars yet? No, they've just Is released it? ten dollar DLC for it called Legacy. So you're telling me to wait three more months and get the Game of the Year edition? <laughs> yes. Except we don't. <laughs> no, not yet. You need okay. like three pieces of DLC before that really is. Like, oh, oh worth it, and right? the expansion. And the expansion. Well, this is okay. just this is just a DLC campaign thing, which says it'll reveal the harsh truth about the Hawk family legacy. You can play it at any time throughout the Dragon Age Two campaign, and that's all we know. I, uh, the question, the question. I think the question on most people's minds, in light of uh, Dragon Age Two, though, is: Does it contain more recycled environments? Probably. No, it does not. Uh, they probably made a new one for this, right? Look at the screenshots. No, well, based on everything that's been revealed so far, they, the, the developers have actually gone out of their way to say that everything in this one is new. There you go. Uh, that's right. There's two hours of new stuff in this. There, <laughs> finally, some new con- new areas for Look, you. All right? Does anyone have any idea how big this piece of? And you only, is? I say, and you only have to spend ten dollars to get them. It'll be out on July 26th. It'll be 10 bucks on PS3, 800 points. So on no one knows how big this is. Like, is this like a substantial little add-on, or it's just like a little mission? Well, given the if it's the same size as the stuff they added to Origins, two to three hours at most. Two to three hours. Huh. <sighs> yep. Is, is that worth ten dollars? And what people paid it for Mass Effect too. Was uh-huh. it? I don't recall playing that much for, for Shadow Broker. Yeah, Shadow Broker was like less than ten. No, I, I thought it was fifteen. No, it was like seven dollars. All right, so that two dollars makes a difference, huh? And that Shadow Broker does. was eight. Apparently, okay. All right, fair enough. Ninety-nine cents versus a dollar ninety-nine. That doesn't make a difference to me. It makes a difference. It does to everybody else in the world. Yeah, apparently on the iPhone. So, you know, it's making a big difference to Square Enix. People leaking info about Deus Ex Human Revolution. So they're throwing out lawsuits for people. So there's some preview code that leaked out that only showed the beginning portion of the game. It was intended to be delivered to press only. And they are throwing out lawsuits because people spread that around. So so in other words, you mean a company protecting its intellectual property is sending out lawsuits. God, color me shocked. Well, this is the funny part. They're saying the early leak caused damages in excess of $5,000. How? $5,000, $5,000, maybe? Well, I, how? Like, what was damaging? Like, did it look bad? It's a preview of your game. If your game sucks, just showing oh. that it sucks doesn't really cause damages, does it? I think you're missing the big part of this story, Chris. Oh, what is it? That Valve is caught in the middle. Really? Uh, what's it called? The, the requ- Square Enix is, re- is requesting that... Apparently, this was leaked through Valve's Steam service, so Square Enix Ooh. is telling Valve give us the IP addresses and everything of these people who uh, who did this. And Valve's like, no, get a subpoena. Good. That's what they should say. Yeah. And then once they get the subpoena, say, okay, here are the IP addresses. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but like right now, Valve's sort of stuck in the middle. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that they didn't just bend over because a lot of uh, telcos just, they don't even wait. They don't even oh, yeah, ask. they don't care anymore. Yeah, they're tired of... Just being accused is ask. enough to cut off your service. Yep. Uh, 
And the more interesting case of being sued. <laughs> Apparently, the 3DS <laughs> screen is patented by someone else oh. who's not Nintendo. All right. Oh, what? No, but, go ahead. And isn't it like one. an ex-Sony employee that's trying to sue oh, them? Oh, who knows? So was the Wii controller and like every and the DS's touch controls. So <laughs> this will be settled out of court or be thrown out. It uh, wasn't the... I thought... I thought Tetris, the anyone? Was, I thought the interesting lawsuit was uh, Namco Bandai suing CD Project, which yeah. is on our list. But. Yeah, that's on the list. Go down to Witcher 2 sued by Namco Bandai. So this is interesting. Maybe. <laughs> you know, it's it's post E3 still. The news is what we get. So <laughs> The Witcher 2 apparently had an exclusive distribution agreement with Namco Bandai for the PC version of Witcher Wait, 2 is this in Europe. Europe. In Europe. Okay, in Europe. Yeah, I have to say. Because I know yeah, Atari just, published it here. Yeah, in Europe. This is published by Atari here, 1C Company in Russia, and by CD Projekt in Poland. Okay, great. So apparently Europe doesn't include Poland. All right, whatever. So Namco Bandai gets to publish this version in Europe, and then uh, press release comes out and says THQ is going to be publishing the console version of Witcher 2 in Europe. And Namco's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We get to publish it in Europe. And Witcher 2 says, no, 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 that was just a PC version. Namco says, uh-uh. And Witcher 2 says, yaha, we made sure you knew that. And so, so in a base, Namco base, says, don't touch our DRM. So basically it's just a, it's a quibble over contract law. Yep. Not that interesting then. But, yeah, more lawsuits. Do-do-do. For some reason, I, I picture Europeans caring less about the 360 version of The Witcher than Americans do. Well, if you're like me and Vicky, we just put on our PC snob hats and say, we love it on PC. Yep, and I figured, like, <laughs> hardcore European developers understand their hardcore European market, so, hmm. I don't know. Hey, if, if, if you know, uh, most of the JRPGs came out, I played came out on PC, I'd probably play them on PC. <laughs> no well, need to put your snob hats on. Torchlight apparently did pretty well on PC and consoles. It surpassed one million units. Wow! Too bad, it too bad the original didn't have co-op, which probably would have made me play it. Okay, I, I don't know that it's too bad because they got a million sales, and now they've got Torchlight and Two coming Torchlight out. And Torchlight Two this. is coming out like within a couple. Well, it's not. I mean, this is what we talked about. E three. It's not July. It's very unlikely for August. So September, October. Yeah. Last uh, year, I, I just saw a video we had up from uh, PAX last year where it said it was coming <sighs> out May or June <laughs> or April, May, but. Uh, they just keep sliding back on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this is one of those things where it's like they haven't given any official date. They're they're totally cool with giving windows, and they're totally cool with saying nope. It was just a guesstimate. We're gonna. It wasn't really that. All right. I wish oh. it'd be funny if they just went the Blizzard route and just said it's done when it's done. Yeah, <laughs> they may it's as well because that's what I they're mean, doing. I mean, that's that's pretty much what they've done. Like they've always said. And the other problem is, is that every time Max Schaefer says something, it's quoted completely out of context i don't know what it is about max but no no max well, i don't know we it, had his fair, quote though. on camera saying his quote on camera like, may it <laughs> yeah. wasn't out of context we're shooting for july <laughs> no no and yeah i know it's there there was a couple of articles that were put out all around the same time where it was like this is the date we're shooting for but we can elect we may elect to push it back yep. and uh yeah i guess when that story when when he when that was first published people reiterated it without the and we may elect to move it back part yeah that's something he did say in our video so 
Interesting. What? Something but, on the internet, it's inaccurate. Yeah, I know. So here's the big game, everybody. I hope you're excited. Pokemon Say Tap? BW. It's a rhythm game. You must tap on Pokemon trading cards to the beat of a song from the anime, and it's free. And it's going to be on the iOS and Android smartphones. Yeah. Yeah. Do we care? No. No, we do not. And as we said, Nintendo already clarified. I don't clarified, know a smartphone. I feel like we already talked about the story, right? Yeah, we talked about it a little bit. The Nintendo said, no, we're not going to be doing smartphone games. It's just kind of weird. Well, well they don't completely own the Pokemon company, so they can kind of do what they want to. Don't they? Comp- they don't own it. No, no, they don't. They said. Um, I saw a story about that where they said. Um, I think they said <sighs> Nintendo only owns about a third of it. Oh. So, um, they don't even actually even own a controlling interest in the Pokemon company, so they can do whatever the hell they want. Is that where Sakurai works, or is he not part of that? Is that part of Hal, or is that something separate? Yeah, Sakurai. Sakurai's Hal. He does um, Smash Brothers. Oh, it's totally separate. Like, and Kirby. Okay. All right. He's All the right. Kirby guy. Yeah. But. I- Whatever. But speaking of weird yeah, franchise those rhythm games... Those are the games, games. we get here. <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. How do I say this? Theater rhythm. Feet rhythm. Fahit rhythm. Tehet rhythm. To heck with this title. Final Fantasy 3DS rhythm game. Tehet rhythm. Uh, the Elder Scrolls Sky Rhythm for 3DS. <laughs> it's, I, oh. it's Square Enix. It's Final Fantasy. You explore... Dungeons and fight monsters, but you tap the stylus to the beat while doing so. No release info for the U.S. yet. It's coming to the 3DS in Japan, and I don't know if it's downloadable or not. Shonen Jump was showing it off. So, there you go. I would say that there's a pretty good chance that it's not coming over. I hope it does. I'll play it. I'll play a fun, I'll play any rhythm game for the for the most part. So I'll buy, I'll pick up that Pokemon game. I'll pick up Final Fantasy rhythm game. Are you buying Gabrielle's Ghostly Groove? For the uh, any rhythm game, for the most part, <laughs> it's it's 3ds. Yeah, it was. No, probably not. Maybe the Wii version. That's what I need. I need something on my Wii. Well, there's Gabrielle's Ghostly Groove Monster Mix. Yeah. Oh. Uh. Yeah. Go 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 YouTube that. You can see whether or not you think I should be into that. I think it's all, like, public domain music in that game. That scares me. Hopefully Final Fantasy 3DS will not be that. Or the... The, the head rhythm. The head, the head, the head. Uh, Legendary Zoltan, I need your help with the, the head rhythm. The heat rhythm. The head rhythm. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's excited. Am I the only one on podcast who has an iPhone? No. I mean, you got no, I, 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 have I have an I, iOS device. Oh, right, but this is 3DS. I'm the only one with a 3DS. Yeah, the moment. No, I, have, I have a 3DS. Would you get the head through them? But probably not. Not into rhythm games or not into Final Fantasy? Not into rhythm games. Okay. So you're not excited about Rhythm Heaven for the Wii? Not really. Oh, I don't own a Wii, though. Oh. Oh, it's apparently it's short for the active time rhythm. Oh, huh. nice. They should just call the game that. Yeah. Oh, here we go. The White Knight Chronicles 2. We've got a review. 
Alex Fuller suffered through this game for us and gives us a verdict. Says it has a great soundtrack, impressive-looking locations, stories even more nonsensical than the first, tedious quests, new content is somewhat lacking, and there's lots of palette swapping. So it gets a 2 out of 5. So apparently the second one is decidedly below mediocre. It's bad. And people are already upset with the review asking for a re-review. Yeah, I mean, the first one proved itself so awesomely. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. If you're out there and you want to re-review this game, I'm kidding. I'm going to be buying this game, and I'm going to be suffering through it so I can bitch about it just as much as I did the first one. And we'll be proud of you. I'm going to be, you know, this is a game I'm happy to take a dump on, but I'm going to make sure I suffer through it and earn the right to do so. So, Wait Night Chronicles 2, I'm coming for you. Because i got to see the conclusion of this, this, this pile of dung. <laughs> Mediocre dung. Like I said, the first one, I, I couldn't even make a decision, so I'm happy that this one's bad. Because it'd be nice to be able to just hate it all out. Dungeon Siege 3 was another one I was going to throw in that category, but apparently I was wrong. Um, that's or, arguable. <laughs> this one's also controversial. Mike Apps gives the game brilliant tweaks to the hack and slash formula. Well, says there's it has two reviews. Casing, says it's four vastly different playable characters, but it has lackluster multiplayer, no post-game content, most story choices don't wind up until the end, and so it gets a four out of five from him. Oh, Our it's also very review, short. Very short. Very short. How short is very short? Uh, like for like a big $60 RPG, like 10 hours. Ah. Our other reviewer, Adrian Nowden, gives it a 3 out of 5, which shocks me. Probably just the more it's, accurate score. It's not a 3.5 out of 5 from Adrian, so I'm, I'm actually floored just on that alone. It says, fast-paced, engaging combat system, unusually high story content for hack-and-slash game. Um, I, would, I would argue with him that, that it doesn't mean it's good story content, but... Can't change characters once game has started. Only one party member at a time. Disappointing visuals. He doesn't even mention the multiplayer. Oh, yeah. Terrible multiplayer. He mentions it in the review. Oh, okay. He does. Okay. And he said that, you know what, there was potential and just, they blew it. Well, the whole whole issue was was, uh, dealing with... Uh, apparently my cat just broke something. I don't even know what it was. (laughs) There's a whole issue where you can't even bring your character over to your friend's game. Right? The. Yep. So that that's what yeah. kills it for me because these games kind of need multiplayer to work. But I'm still intrigued by Dungeon Siege Three on its own. I just wish it was a twenty dollar game. I'd probably be thrilled with this game. At you know, 20 it's bucks. funny. I was talking to um, Jonathan Self Nice in yeah. our chat room, and he seems to be he seems to sort of sort of he's in between Adrian and uh, Wheels. They sort of he sort of agrees, but he said, you know what? It's kind of a good game. I kind of like it, but it would be better. It would have been better served as a downloadable title on Xbox Live, and I could have forgiven so much of what this title, this game, does wrong. Uh, it, it would probably kick the pants off the Dungeon Hunter Alliance, you know. It would, yes. yeah, absolutely. And it, the visuals aren't that great. I mean, it's a short game. There's not a ton of replay value. The multiplayer's not all that great. If this would have been a, a downloadable title, all of these criticisms, yeah, could have been easily just swept under the rug. And I'd say for me, having played it, if it was just a downloadable title on live or PSN, I'd I'd give it a four out of five as far as games in that category. As wow. a full retail release on PC, I, I it gets a two out of five so for this me is, on that one. This is one of those games where you really feel the price. There are some games where the price just seems to be immaterial to the game content, but this one seems to really be affecting everybody. 
this is but when there's so many when there's so many good downloadable titles now that give you a ton of replay value great multiplayer like great loot systems like even trenched <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> I was wondering like, if you're gonna go to trenched. <laughs> yeah, but like even something like trenched, that's silly trenched. Oh, like look at torchlight, how that burned up this, and that didn't even have multiplayer. It just, I mean, why? Why? How could you? Really, I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I do. I do. And you know what I'm gonna say? I There's think- a huge perception of value at this point in, I think, the action RPG in general. In particular, I should say, mm-hmm. that how you release it impacts how people view its value. Cool. Well, I, what I'm going to say is that it's probably time for us to move on to our picks and avoids of the week. And you already heard from our reviewers to avoid uh, White Knight Chronicles 2. So you're going to hear... Fr- yeah? You missed a review. Now what? You missed Half Minute Hero. Oh, I talked the, about the- it last week. The XBLA review? Yeah. We we based it off of his tweet, and we think we got the full impression. Oh, <laughs> okay. Just checking. Oh, he, oh this, is, uh, this is more he positive. He a full review. Yeah. It's more positive than his tweet was, which was basically, just play the damn BSP version. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. He just said it's not worth double dipping. Nope. Uh, and the, 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 the mode changes seem like they were overall negative. Like, they changed on RPGs, but they're really short, so who cares? One mission long is not worth it. No, <laughs> may as well have left the original modes in there. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, we talked about that last week. Uh, but good catch, though. Good catch. And, I try. Uh, well, it's okay. I, I don't. I don't. I don't make any claims that our podcast is completely comprehensive on our reviews. You know, because honestly, if I don't have the reviewer on here, what am I really doing? I'm reading plus and minuses to you. I feel like I'm just wasting your time. Do you, Do you guys care to hear that stuff? Give me some feedback. Let us know. Should we even cover reviews Wait, on this show? Can That's we get the know. reviewers on the show? Is that an option? Uh, usually, no. They're usually not around at the times that we record. Can and, we uh, have them record? Remember when Mac recorded that segment under his desk about... Uh, Lunar? What was- yeah. Unfortunately, have- I- I'm not available for recording most of the times these guys are around. So it's it'd be, it'd be difficult. Can they record stuff and send it into you, or can they call in? Today Absolutely. we have calling in. I would love right. for them to call in reviews. That would be fantastic. Oh my gosh, I would love that. 608 729 4098. Yeah, Woo. seriously, guys, that would be fantastic. Oh, uh, Manny, I want that segment now. Oh, that's so awesome. I'll bring it up to everybody. Oh, that'd be great. Oh. Well, the, uh, Chris, for all our reviewers, the only ones that would really be willing to come on are David and Jooms. Adrian and doesn't like to go on adrian and neko don't like to go on podcast glenn is glenn <laughs> i love when glenn comes on our show um, and adrian i love when all those guys come on our show honestly and then and jooms doesn't like it, to talk is the problem so i don't know what's going on with that unless he's doing his show so it's kind of weird so i, I guess I, I don't count here do i <laughs> well you haven't done a review lately actually i did you went off you went off to like scotland with she somebody did a review last week what what'd she do I probably covered it. I don't remember what it was. A game you wouldn't yeah. care about. <laughs> it was a Harvest Moon Oh, it was a Harvest Moon so game, wasn't go. it? Yeah. Harvest Moon? So, Nix, I heard you played a Harvest Moon <laughs> game. Tell us what you thought about it. Yeah, do you have any picks and avoids for us, Nix? Come on, land on this. You're, oh, you're not when you tell us your opinion, show. I want it in number form. You, you're not uh, often on the show. I want to know what you think about stuff you've been playing lately. Um. Well, I'll talk about the Harvest Moon game quickly. Uh, I... Reviewed Island of Happiness. It's one we didn't have a review for. 
All right. Does that, it make funny you enough, happy? Ate a bot for me. Does it make no, you happy? No, it was the island of crappiness. Oh, no. boo. Sunshine's so much better. Let's put it this way. It had the... Sunshine is amazing. I love sunshine. Island of Happiness has the unfortunate aspect of having stylus-only controls, and that pretty much kills the game. They're the most sloppily implemented controls I've ever seen on a stylus-only game. As in, you can poke, but is it responsive? You know what the sad part is? So there was a lot of fighting with the game. You you know what the sad part of that is, Nyx? Natsume Inc. actually went and took it back to Japan and had them improve the stylus controls. And they're still crapola. Yeah. Like this, so, this if you is, think our version is bad, only imagine what Japan got. I mean, it's sad enough that they had to pretty much. Can you use the D-pad? No. Make a remake. No, not at all. Stylus only. However, this is the amazing thing. A year later, Natsume and and um, Marvelous put out Sunshine Island which is the exact same game only with d-pad controls and everything's pretty much fixed wow. yeah they they, the they did game. they did this twice the in the last three or four years where they put out island of happiness and then sunshine and then they also did tree of tranquility and animal parade where it was like this is the exact same game except now it doesn't suck like here's the apology part which i mean i'm I'm very sad that unfortunately, you know, Ada bought this for me and I couldn't tell her that I enjoyed it. Like, it, you always feel bad when you get a gift from somebody and you just don't enjoy it. And I don't even have the heart to give it to her. Like, I give all my Harvest Moon games to her after I'm finished with them. And even she said, she goes, I don't want that. She goes, you reviewed it. It's crap. You know, what's it to me? And that's the hard part with this game. It's just the controls were so awful. The weather system was dreadful to deal with. Like, you couldn't make any good crops because every day the weather would become so sporadic. Like, one day you'd have a really sunny day. Next day, here's a giant thunderstorm. Like, bah, it doesn't make any sense. So, oh. well, well happiness what is- they did is they also added, like, another depth to watering where you actually had plants that needed to be watered up to three times a day. You're on an island, yeah. right? Yeah, yep. yeah, that can happen there. Yeah, but it's I mean, there, there was a lot of Harvest Moon is never completely transparent about how its mechanics work, but um, Island of Happiness went from translucent to this is the brick wall you are smashing your face into. The whole three three times a day watering add that crappy controlling and just I didn't want to do it. I was like, I'm not doing that. Right. <laughs> You're getting watered once a day, and I just don't care. <laughs> Like, Anyways, we we've uh, we've now Harvest Moon glutted out. So, what, so what's your pick? No more. What else? What have what else you been touching lately? My real pick for the week, uh, Fallout New Vegas. I am hopelessly ah. addicted to Fallout New Vegas right now. I'm, I know geez, it's Nick's, a glitchy mess. When what? did you become me? I know. You took my Yakuza games. Are you taking my Fallout games? <laughs> Manny. High five. I've beaten so many Western RPGs in the last like couple of months. It's kind of nuts. I mean, I I beat Dragon Age Origins. I have almost all the achievements for it. She's hardcore. Every time I went on there, she's I always have almost half, more than half of the achievements for Dragon Age Two. 
but now it's going to be Fallout New Vegas. But um, actually, I just played the Honest Hearts DLC. I finished it up actually this morning, and it, it's quite good, actually. I, I really like the uh, the additional story they have. Wait, is that the one that takes place I mean, in the desert? You're the cur- yeah, it's the one where you're in Zion, and they're talking about how you have these two different groups. Groups. You have one religious group who, you know, they just want Zion to be a peaceful place. And you have another who's all like, no, we're just going to murder you all because this is stupid. So you have to kind of play like that in-between person and you have to kind of reconciliate the situation. Um, and it's actually a pretty challenging DLC. I had a couple moments where um, I'd get ambushed and I'd have like no ammo left. And the reason for that is because this DLC actually tells you you can only have um, 100 weight before going in. So you have to be really careful about what kind of weapons you take with you. Like, if you have more than 100, they're not going to let you go on the expedition. And the only way to get 100 is you have to bribe somebody to let you take 100. The actual cap is 75. So that's like maybe a couple guns and some extra, you know, aids. It's not a lot when you think about it. So it makes it pretty challenging in parts. But it's it's some pretty good DLC. I mean, unfortunately, it's not as badly glitched as Dead Money is, but it has its moments where it can glitch. So that's just a fair bit of warning. But this is Obsidian, and let's face it, we all know how Obsidian is. But uh, um, I'm really liking Fallout New Vegas. What platform are you playing um, on? I like it more than Fallout 3, that's for sure. Oh, really? I'm okay. playing on 360. Okay, so did you yes. just download the new patch, which apparently fixed everything? I did, and I still got glitches. Okay. So take that for what you will. Because I heard, um, like, last week there was, like, this big, massive patch and fixed, like, maybe a hundred different things. Yeah. Actually, funny enough, I downloaded that patch, then On His Hearts went on, and I had the infinite loading loading glitch every freaking time I logged on because of that new downloadable content i had to uninstall the content and then put it back in and then it finally worked i was so frustrated I'm like stupid obsidian let me play my game and because the man is not home right now i can actually play it as much as i want without him giving me the death glare i'm so excited hmm. so can i can i ask you it's interesting so what do you like more about new vegas than fallout 3 is it just the, the theme um i like the setting more mm-hmm. i mean i i love you know fallout 3 setting don't get me wrong mm-hmm. my thing with fallout Fallout 3 is because I'm already a direct directionless noob, putting me in those subway tunnels is like giving me a heart attack. I hate right. those tunnels. I hate it because I just I can't tell half the time if I've been somewhere or not. Whereas with the Mojave Desert, you don't have that problem. Like nothing's that dark. So you can see absolutely everything around you. And even when you go into a cave, it's it's not so bad. Like it's not to the point where you're going in circles or anything. So I like the fact that I can actually navigate myself, which I know sounds really stupid, but for me, it's kind of a big deal as someone who just is terrible with direction. And even with the compass, I still get confused sometimes to the point where I get yelled at by Scott because he's like, why can't you read the compass? I'm like, because I'm directionless. But overall, I just, I like the, the, the plot a lot more. I was finding that the plot and follow through was pretty stupid. But, yeah, it's um, the side stories that make Fallout 3. Yeah, and that's what I noticed about it, where 
here I'm enjoying both the main story and a lot of the side content. Like I just finished the um, the GI Blues quest. And I got my dog, and I love the Kings. I think they're just hilarious. Wow, you're making me um, wish I, I would have bought I've... the Fallout New Vegas pack on Steam earlier this week. Man, I told you to. Why did it? Yeah, I don't know. Wait, it's think it's still available. Go for thirty-seven forty-nine now. Oh, yeah. But uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Like I don't know what it is about the game that just keeps me engaged but there's just something about the story that I just keep wanting to go and find out more. The only weird thing about it is I still haven't figured out who I want to side with. Because like everybody has their own agenda in this game so it's like I know I have to pick a side at some point but it's like I don't know who to pick. The good thing I'm is almost you can postpone to go the opposite that. of everything Scott did. You can postpone that for a good while and then you can just use that save point as a sort of like a breaking point and then maybe you only have to spend maybe two hours to get each ending that's true um and that's probably actually what i'll end up doing to get all your achievements you chivo yes i'm a chivo <laughs> i know i am man now you make me want to play it too it's worse when you're in competition with someone from scotland <laughs> aiden i have been competing over dragon age chivos and she has more than me so i'm kind of bitter right now Wow, you know, I think being it was worse when we were, and I was actually in Scotland because I would play games, and then she'd be like, "Ah, oh, I got her to want to play Dragon Age again, so I got her to play Dragon Age, and she beat it in like less than a week." <laughs> you know, that's the problem with being an RPG game, um, an RPG fan, and achievement horror is that <laughs> to get everything, you have to commit yourself to like a good sixty hours. Yeah, RPG achievements suck in general. But you know what? If the game is good, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You'll get the much. And that was how it was for me with Dragon Age. Dragon Age kept me engaged the whole time. Exactly. At some point, you know. Like, you don't need to give me achievements. I mean, I did something fabulous in Dragon Age that. Exactly. Well, that just makes (laughs) life so easy. But um, I did something really, really fabulous in Dragon Age, and I do want to share it just because it's actually pretty funny. Um, I played a human noble, and um, I got to the point where I had the option to keep Alistair or get rid of him. Uh, During the lens. And I kicked him out of my party. And I took Loghain. It's not gay sex. And if you pick Loghain, (laughs) with Loghain in your party, it's really funny because, you know, being the human noble, he kills your family and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it was funny because Scott was watching me play and he goes, well, why didn't you kill him? Like, he kills your family. And I said, oh, I have a better punishment in store for him. So it boiled down to demon baby or sacrificing myself. I forced Loghain to sleep with Morgan because I said, that's your punishment. Sleep with the grody witch. Sleep with that ugly witch. Have the demon baby. There's... Oh, that poor man. He slept with the girl so from Farscape <laughs> with giant <laughs> breasts. Oh, hey, hey, hey. The face guy. that he made, the face is that he he made was priceless he looked so traumatized and that was that gave me enough joy i was like and this is why i love dragon age but oh, i got so morgan is not good in the sack is that what you're trying to tell me morgan's disgusting looking <laughs> i mean liliana's got the awful problem of having like a giant bj lip but i'd rather take liliana over morgan I'm, I'm not gonna ask <laughs> Sam, there's one thing that's funny to do in that game is that if you uh, 
choose Logan. If you wait to do the Return to Ostagard DLC and take him and Win into in the party there, you get a lot of funny dialogue between them. I actually had Logan and Win uh, as my final party in the game, so I was getting quite a bit of banter. They're they're pretty fabulous together. I also beat I, the Archdemon on my first try. So excited. Okay. There was one really funny piece of party banner between him and Zevron where he, where he says, like, you know, I should tell you, I didn't get to kill the warden. I feel like, good to know. <laughs> so I've got this feeling that we're, we're quoting Dragon Age dialogue. It's probably time to move on to someone else's well, picks. <laughs> yeah, you did ask what she's been playing for like the past two months. Well, I, I didn't realize uh, she was going to actually recite it all for us. So. I'll do she. <laughs> she plays more games than any of us. Yes. And reviews them too. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> yeah, have you been playing anything, Manny? Um, I started. Uh, what's that game called? I uh, Heavy Rain. I started Heavy Rain. Ah, okay. And you- I'm not gonna say anything about it because it, that game is so story heavy that. Are you are you replaying stuff to like do it perfect? No, the, I only restarted one part because I. I didn't know. Wait, I, I ended up doing something I didn't want to do. Not because the controls were bad. It's just because I'm. It was sort of like uh, I'm not explaining it properly. Like sort of like Mac was telling me how he ended up restarting one chapter just because he he exited a door when he didn't want to and it ended the scene when he was actually trying to investigate something else. And that's not like uh-huh. one of the cases where it's like you're about to die. Hit the X button right now. That's sort of like a, do you push this button down or do you put this button to the left and. Uh-huh. I, I sort of got messed up on that part, and I, that's the only thing I reset. But basically, was it the uh, Manny? <laughs> was it the fence? Is that the part um, you redid? No, actually, I can't even say this part. <laughs> uh, just Skype it to me. All, All right. right, I'll tell you. All right, Anything? but yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's actually. I'm now very curious what part you had to redo. Um, but I will say though, it's this game is like. It's one of the most uncomfortable, tense games I've ever played. Because at any moment, I know, okay, if I mess this up, this guy's dead. If I mess this up, this guy's dead. Are, are and I know even that, that many time. points where you can die? I don't yeah, know. There weren't actually that many. I thought that was there's the whole actually point. quite a few. Yeah, and you can feel like that. You feel like there's even if it's it's not really true, you feel as though it is true. So there's that constant sense of tension. It was like, okay, okay, oh no, oh no, wait, wait, oh, oh. I, I thought that. you always had to mess up like a few times before you died. Well, there's some moments that actually feels like if you messed up straight away. Just done. Yeah. And even if you keep on messing up, you feel worse and worse. Like, that tension builds and builds. But I'm just trying to say, like, at this point, that level of tension is sort of permeates the entire game. So I'm always feeling like, okay, I can't mess this up. It's like, But at the same time, I'm not restarting anything I do. So if I do mess up, that's my story. Okay. So I love that kind of feeling. Because, you know, if any other game, you mess up, you die. Restart, restart. from the checkpoint. Yeah, here just story keeps on going, it keeps on rolling. And everyone adapts to you not being there, so it's it, it's it's rewarding because this is why I've always wanted from a game, right? To actually my choices to actually matter what I do in the game to actually impact the story and here it is. So, I'd be a real hypocrite now if I started re- if I restarted something because I didn't get the good ending. Well, that's the thing, the good ending is is just so hard to get in that game. I mean, Ada and I have tried I don't know how many times to get the best ending in that game. And it requires some of the most, like, minute things to make that ending appear. Yeah. So it's, you have to be so careful. 
And I'm sure it's not just like avoiding that you do. I'm sure it's just not like never been able to properly do it. Yeah. And it's more than just like not getting shot or, or not getting like like, the anvil stop drop on your head, but it's like missing clues, not talking to the right people, making bad choices about how you interact with people. Yep. So I'm enjoying it. And after that, I'm going to, after this, I'm moving on to LA Noir. I'm in adventure game mode. Hmm. Well, Anna and I have been playing L.A. Noir a lot this past week. Uh, oh, really? Do you have anything to say about it? You suck at driving. Yeah, I suck at driving. And that's you don't kind have of to drive, though. I know. Have you heard, any, have, have you heard about the uh, recent news story involving L.A. Noir? Uh, which one? What, what, the millions the, of the, Team Bondi. The, um, the, the, the split between Team Bondi and Rockstar. Yeah, oh, Team Bondi apparently sucks completely. Rockstar made the game not suck, and Team Bondi is resentful of it. It's my game. Oh my gosh! So there won't be a sequel. Big deal. Well, I think it was specifically the the the, the boss man of Team Bondi is an yeah. asshole. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I hear. I heard oh, it. I'm getting this in the chat room. Apparently, we are mispronouncing Le Noir. Le Noir. Sorry, Le Noir. And you're French. Tell us how. Noir. Yeah, I'm not making that noise. Well, yeah, I, he can't do. See, see, see. I can't roll my eyes. Noir. Yeah, we're Americans. German. Yeah. We like our English pub burgers. We like our Versailles, and we don't put R's at the end of our noirs. Yep. Noir. All right, oh, that reminds so. me. Are you going to get the Reefer Madness case that's about to come out? Yeah, I, I bought the Rockstar Pass. Oh, great. Did you get it when it was 10 bucks? Uh, it was like 8 bucks or something. Oh, or maybe it was 10 I don't know. It was so, PlayStation Plus, Plus price. Or yeah. just so since I price. haven't started the thing yet, is it, is, are the extra DLC missions worth it? Yes. Uh, honestly, I would say that they're, they're just like all the other missions. Um, I actually really liked the one with the, one with the car. You know, it was, was a longer else. mission. Yeah, so it, was, it was longer. It was more involved. And I like the fact the that... Is, I already had you, that. It came with my game. Oh, okay. <laughs> you must have pre-ordered it or something. Yeah, no, oh, it just came from... Card case? Yeah. Okay. That came with the PS3 version, I think, or something like that. Well, it's exclusive to the PS3 and to yeah. North America. Yeah. Um, but the the interesting thing is, is that um, the DLC cases in particular, um, I found both from experience and from talking with a couple friends, mm-hmm. um, they have more choices and you, you have more wriggle room to get it right or screw up. Um, I guess. I, I don't even remember which ones we've done that were DLC other than Compass done, Car. We did one more. Um, crap. Was, I'd have to remember what the names are. There was are. the arson it, case with the... the, the no, 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 we're not, not that far yet. yet. No, 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 no. Okay. We're, we're still in Homicide. All we need are the titles. <laughs> it doesn't matter. There, there was one in Homicide that we just did. It was like right before the Butterfly one. Okay. And that one was DLC. Uh one second here while this article loads. I'll tell you exactly what it is. Jeez. Uh, they put it in a terrible way. Fact-checking kills podcast. No kidding. A slip of the tongue we must have done because that was Traffic Taste. And I only see... They only have two on here. Oh, Naked City. It's the vice case. Yeah, well, no, we don't have that one yet. So, no, we only did the one. Yeah, we're not we're not vice yet. We're still in homicide. So oh, so there's two vice cases: Reefer Madness and uh, Naked yeah. City. Basically, you start on the beat, and then you go to uh, vehicle, traffic, and then you go to traffic, and then you go to homicide, and then 
Vice and then Arson. Something like that. Doesn't matter. And there's like no DLC in Holocide yet. I don't so, think that Chris, there will be. Yeah. Are you gonna? I, Anna, have you watched uh, LA Confidential? No. Okay, and you haven't either, Chris. Yeah, I was gonna wait until after I was done with this. All right, all right, all right. All right. You watched the, it's because I, uh, I heard like parts of the of the movie were kind of imitated really well in the games or poorly either part- way. I don't wanna I don't wanna have those ideas in my head playing it. Oh well, actually, it's kind of I don't know. I kind of enjoyed it because going into I enjoyed Red Dead Redemption more because I'm such a spaghetti western fan, and I see what they were doing. I'm um, drawing off of. Mm-hmm. So, which is funny though that that. LA Confidential was already sort of a, a sum up of all these uh, noir films, and then to have this one sort of bounce off of that is quite interesting. Well, I mean, I want—I don't even want to know like if the, if LA Confidential ends and it's like some sort of big downer, then I'm going to expect the game to end in a big downer, and I'd rather just find that out naturally. So that, oh come on, man! These are noir movies. About. These these don't I, that ever doesn't mean happy. anything to me, so I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, but, uh, honestly, the game's getting really repetitive, like extraordinarily repetitive. It's like every case, it, every case kind of like is only very slightly linked to the next case and you're just doing the same old crap every case. I thought that has two cars. And it's the same, like the homicide cases are like identical cases with like different suspects each time. And it's like the same plot over and over. Are you like, saying that police work is kind of mundane because people keep nah, coming the same crime I, over and over again? Let, let me put it this time. way. Every episode of Law & Order kind of gets you in there, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Here, you, I know what's going to happen because it happens every case. And that's that's my problem with it. But is, At the is same it time, a, that was exactly my expectation going into it because all of the reviews said the game is good but exceedingly repetitive. Uh-huh. But I expected, but, it, I expected the repetitive elements to be more fun on their own and really it's like okay i you know we're doing this guessing game but i mean really I, it's just a guessing. the whole game. thing is just but come on half the game is just talking to the guys from uh from what's it that what's that show called yeah and, and that that would make me happy because i'm just sitting here watching a movie right and that's mad Men yeah. is the is the show mad Men, there you go and yes. i should be thrilled with that and i would be if the plot went anywhere different but the plot i feel like i'm watching the same episode of mad men Right, I don't know, but that's kind of police work in a nutshell, isn't it? You people kill people. Uh, you can people still for the make it reason. easy. You could make it more interesting than that. You could have a a plot with a. You, why does every case have to be murder? Because you're on the murder desk. Yeah. Well, even we're in homicide. The freaking traffic <laughs> cases were all about murder. Hey. hey, hey, hey. Well, yeah, because traffic deals with vehicular manslaughter. No, I traffic does not deal with vehicular manslaughter. T- deals with ca- our stuff involving cars. Our particular subdivision dealt Apparently, with. Apparently, yeah. no. I mean, they said it outright when they put us in there. Well, guess what? Guess what? Arson's going to deal with people who were burned to death, and guess what? Vice is going to deal with. I don't know. Whatever. Vice people is. who snorted themselves to death. Yeah. <laughs> people who OD'd. Yeah. Are you telling me 1940s Los Angeles full of people dying for no good reason? I. I, I think it would have been oh, easy oh, I, to change oh. things up. Is all I'm saying. I, um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this game is supposed to take place in the bloodiest year in Los Angeles's history. Well, it's not I mean, like it's what, historically based. 
I mean, the setting is, but that's about it. It's not like all this stuff is based on a true story or anything. Oh, the Black Dahlia stuff gets... Yeah, all the Black Dahlia stuff is legit. Like, that actually went on. Did it? Yes! You're not familiar with the Black Dahlia? No. You need to do some research. I thought that was just uh, something in the game. Oh, no, that's a big scandal here. There's tours. You can take a tour in Hollywood to go see all the the sites of the Black Dahlia murders. Did they ever catch the person? Nope. Wow. Well, so much for that plot line I thought was going somewhere. I thought, oh, I'm going to catch this killer. Well, maybe eventually. they will. <laughs> I thought I was, and it's like, oh no. Uh, uh, we just spoiled everything for everybody. <laughs> well, yes and no. I mean, there is also the werewolf killer that they've been referencing, and that's different from Black Dahlia. They oh, there are werewolves in here now. Forget it. Yeah, I know. I'm done. <laughs> I hate Teen Wolf the remake, and now I hate Alien Noir. Have you, you haven't played it much, have you, Manny? I'm, I'm about to start. Okay. So it'd be interesting to know what you feel like after you have played it. Like halfway through. Maybe they'll come back here and complain. They don't like how they depicted Los Angeles. Well, honestly, I didn't start feeling that way until like about halfway through the game. So it's, you know, and we're playing a lot every night. Maybe it's like uh, the first Assassin's Creed where you need to dole it out a bit more. Oh, uh, that's all I've got. That's all I've been playing. Um, That's not an RPG. Yeah, I've been playing uh, your 3DS because I don't have one. So this is my opportunity to play it. You better not be plugging real fishing. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> so I've been playing uh, Real Fishing Paradise 3D, which is a Natsume title. So, you know, grain of salt. I work with them. And uh, I, I actually really like it. Like, I'm a huge fan of River King. And, and I was long before I ever worked with Natsume. So this is, this is like the realistic fishing game that they have. And as much as I prefer River King, this is actually surprisingly, like, in intuitive and, and fun to play and are you playing the river king music yeah okay um it's nice just because there's like more than a dozen places to go like 100 pieces of gear um 40 plus fish so i and the nice thing is is it actually you you can free fish or you can actually do like the storyline which pushes you through various missions the story is like go fish here so it's not like you know epic poetry or anything but it gets the job done and i'm liking what i'm playing so far i i like uh oot much better than than real fishing just because i've gotten more into oot so i'm a i'm a big boy now and i'm on my way to the to the first or i guess the second medallion and that's as far as i've gotten so far okay funit man asks what version of river king should he get uh the ds one and there's only one on the DS, so it, it makes life so much easier. Yeah, it's it's like Harvest Moon, except replace the the farming with fishing. So, oh, no, 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 no! If, if Chris, you're gonna snap your line. Well, this isn't how fishing works in my world. Yeah, did you hear the high pitched buzzing that was going on? Yeah. Yeah, that means the line is taut and is gonna snap. Okay. There's also a meter on the left-hand side that you can watch, and that will also tell you the pressure of the fish. But, I mean, Chris picked it up and had no idea what he was doing and managed to break his line. So, you know, it's it's pretty intuitive gameplay, at least. Until you screwed up. <laughs> uh, what else have I been playing this week? I played DDR and knocked everything off of Chris's shelves. Played, played a few songs with a whole lot of jumping in it. And what else did I play? I remember putting something into the 360, and now I don't remember what it was. Yeah. 
I've been playing a lot. Oh, yeah, I played You Don't Know Jack. And the guy that I was playing with online had his microphone stuck open so I could hear him and his girlfriend talking. <laughs> Chris caught a fish. Chris put it in the live well. Teach so, a Chris yeah. how to fish. Yeah, that, that's for right. a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> no game for a lifetime. That's what I've been playing. Um, who yeah, hasn't I'm not playing yet? that ever again in my life. <laughs> uh, is, is, are, are Europeans still here? I'm still awake, just about. All right, you got yeah. any plugs for us? Uh, I've got two. Um, I right. bought Assassin's Creed 2 in the Steam style. Uh, now, Assassin's Creed 2 is one game I have already played, bought, played, and completed on the PS3. But it's okay. nice to just pick up the PC version and play through the game again, and it looks prettier. Um, I'm not really sure what else I can really say about it. I think most people who have been interested in the Assassin's Creed series have kind of moved on from number two and gone to the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, so why didn't yeah, you? Um, I have I have actually started um, Brotherhood because my housemate brought bought it, um, but I I just I haven't really had the time to sit down and play through it yet. I mean, I know how it ends. I watch my housemate play through most of it, but I haven't actually sat down and done it myself sort of thing which okay. is a shame because i i quite like what i saw and i would like to do it for myself kind of thing i um, haven't started brotherhood yet i'm gonna start soon um, are you gonna play on 360 i don't no i have it on the ps3 oh okay yeah, me i was too. just wondering Aww. but what i may do though is uh wait for brotherhood to drop in price on the pc and then just carry over my pc assassin's creed to save instead because then it will look really pretty uh, because you know PC games. Well, why are you playing it on PC again? Uh, it was cheap on Steam, you and I'm, sure I'm, not, I'm not always uh, I'm not always going to have access to the PS3 that's in this household. So you have a controller with it, right? No, I don't actually. I I do have a USB cable for connecting my PS2 controller, but so I, I don't ask, actually use it at the moment. How well is control of the keyboard and mouse? Um. I don't know. I, I, what I really should have done was actually just rebound buttons on the keyboard. I, I actually don't mind um, the mouse control that much, mm-hmm. um, but it does. Uh, it, the default controls do seem to uh, lead to sort of slightly weird button combinations, such as to do proper free running, you have to hold down spacebar in the right mouse button. Mm. But if you know, if you're you've got your fingers resting on the WSAD keys for movement, it's actually not that bad. Um, so um, once I got used to the controls, I was still, you know, free Wait, running. On, on on the what key? I think those are European WASD. Okay. WSAD. Is yeah. that European WASD? Whatever. No, that's universal third-person action gaming control. Yeah. Oh, no. PC. Do US. Wait. WASD. Are you using a QWERTY keyboard, Quinn? Yes. Okay, just check it. WASD is what it's supposed to be. Wow. No, he just he just said the, he just said the W differently how we said it. Oh. I said W S A D. Oh, because I always go up, down, left, right. Oh, that. that's what it is, and it's mm-hmm. not like D. Yeah, okay. And yeah. Manny, to, to answer your question, uh, it, it controls just fine once you get used to it. Although it can get a little iffy when you're trying to flee from someone right after you do the main assassinations. But other than that, it's fine. Mm-hmm. All right. But, um, the other pick is um, 
Uh, the other pick is, is slightly unusual considering the history that I've had with the, the, um, the, the person responsible for it. But um, I, I recently um, put some money down because I was bored for, and resubscribed to Star Trek Online, which wow, is a game that you went- must have been really bored. Well, that's kind of the thing. I mean, when I first played it, I played it shortly after the game came out. Um, and yeah, it, it had a lot of problems. Um, it was basically World of Warcraft in space being developed by the guys who made Champions Online, who managed to take City of Heroes and somehow managed to make a game worse than it. Um, and I don't know. I, I so went you thought, I re- need to get back in on this. Well, I, you know, I have a thing of um, trying MMOs again a few months after they've come out to see how they've improved, you know, patches and stuff like that. So I'm sure this one um, got better. Please tell um, us. Well, yeah, Quinn, I think, yes. Have you talked to anybody about these masochistic tendencies? No. Um, well, I mean, the same thing will probably happen when I'll resubscribe to Rift in two months' time to see how that's changed. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, the, the criticism was, was that there was just far too much, uh, of the game focused on simple fetch quests and, and, you know, the, the space equivalent of 20 bear asses, you know, the, 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 the actual right. scope of the game. But that since, is a wow reference for people who don't understand that, but, but, um, it's like, it's since then they've added a lot of, um, other stuff, um, stuff that branches out from this kind of traditional just kill everything crap. Um, missions that expect you to, to memorize things, to um, administer first aid, to do first contact, the kind of things you'd expect to see in a Star Trek game. Um, you know, and I think they have improved. I'm not sure whether I'll continue for the rest of the month, but it, I think it's better, despite the history that I've had of not liking stuff done by Cryptic. So, um, yeah, I think it's better. If you ignored it the first time around, at the very least, give the trial a go. All right. So. There, uh, I can't believe it. A recommendation to try Star Trek Online. Is it free to play, at least? Uh, not at the moment. I think a lot, of peop- some, a lot of people are waiting for it to do a Champions Online and turn free to play. Mm-hmm. So. But one of the things they've been doing, for example, is going back. They've added a facility in to replay old storyline missions and are then going back to a bunch of old ones, adding new rewards for high-level players and, you know, doing redoing uh, maps, voice work, that kind of thing. So that they are, they've got a kind of rather active update schedule. The last thing they recently updated in the last week was um, the... Um, there is now a second control method for ground combat. Uh, one of the criticisms leveled at ground combat was um, uh, it wasn't um, action enough. You know, there wasn't enough. It, it, things took too long to happen, sort of thing. Um, and what they added done with the, one of the more recent updates um, is ground combat now goes a lot faster. Things die a lot quicker. Um, and they've also added a mode that switches RPG controls with something a little bit more first-person shootery, so you can actually point, you know, point your weapon at something and shoot rather than having to rely on just RPG mechanics and stabbing number keys and stuff. So, um, but yeah, you, you may want to give the trial a go, but you know, I don't expect anything groundbreaking. Sweet. Anyways, Roy, take us home. 
Uh, surprise, surprise, I played Dragon Age. <laughs> wow. Where's that third article, Roy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Roy was going to make know, a third um, article, the best mods for the game or something like that. And, uh, uh, yeah, um, yeah, I yeah. just checked Steam today. It says I've logged 254 hours into that game. But, that is um, uh, yeah. intense. So you're you're jumping on the Dragon Age 2 DLC then, right? Oh yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, actually, that's the main reason I was replaying Dragon Age because I wanted to. I've been wanting to replay DA2, but once the DLC came out, so I thought I'd go ahead and replay Dragon Age in the meantime. All right. To uh, get a save to import it, so that's what I did most of the week. And now that I'm done with that, which I got done quicker than I thought I would, given how long that game is. I thought it would take me longer, so I'm going to start. I'm going to start playing The Sims Medieval, which I got on a Steam sale. Seriously? <laughs> Seriously? Tell me how it is. I'll let you know. I'm going to start playing it later today. I've bought so much stuff from the Steam sale. I've got like Command and Conquer Red Alert Three. I've got Co- Company of Heroes. I've got Just Cause Two. So I didn't buy anything to today because I already own everything I want on that. Oh my god! I own I own every RPG that's on that thing. These sales are evil. I'll never is play Steam, half is, stuff. is Steam basically like binge eating? Just cause too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that was the other thing. That was the other thing that I played this week. I played Horde, and I'm gonna say yeah. avoid it if you don't have a mouse. Uh, yeah, you do need a mouse or a controller yeah. for Horde. When are we all gonna play Horde? Uh, whenever. Um, maybe Sunday be a good night I don't know whatever works for you guys we just have to work it out we're going to Six Flags tomorrow we so are we going to Six Flags maybe tomorrow e- maybe tomorrow evening though so Six Flags over Wisconsin uh it's I think it's Magic Mountain so it's near Chicago actually Six Flags over Chicago yeah Six Flags Great America sorry yeah. not Magic Mountain alright and with that we need to actually start heading off to bed because we gotta get up early um, hey, sleep. Yeah, no kidding. That's where I'm a Viking. What? That's a Ralph Wiggum quote. I see. <sighs> I'm sorry, he only understands Simpsons, I mean, Simpsons the movie references. No, I don't. I haven't seen the movie. I only understand, like, quotes from, like, the first couple seasons. You that was from the this? first couple seasons. Yeah, whatever. Oh. Fine. I'm going to go brush up on my Simpsons quotes. You guys listening, yes, I have an assignment for you. I I need you to leave me feedback. So email it in to podcast.rpgamer.com. Send us an MP3 file at podcast.rpgamer.com. We'll play it on the show. You can send us in your own custom-made segments, just like the legendary Zoltan does. You can send us a phone call at 608-729-4098, and you can leave us a message on our message boards over at boards, board.rpgamer.com. Love to hear back from you and have your stuff featured on the show. Maybe you can start telling us your picks and avoids. Maybe we can start figuring out a way to put that in the game, uh, in the uh, in the show. Thanks, everybody, for being on the show with me this week. I appreciate y'all. And thanks for listening live with us. Um, it's been fun doing these Friday night shows, a little different time of the day. Uh, I think we're going to be going back to Saturday next week. Uh, Yay, finally. I don't have to stay up ridiculously late. Oh, thank God. At least God. that's what I think. Hopefully, hopefully that won't change. Uh, I'll, I'll keep you posted if it changes, but I think we're back Saturday next week, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. You can watch us live over at rpgamer.com slash live. 
and we love hanging out with our chat room people like Wolf and Funatman and Zoltan sometimes shows up. Jeremy twenty twenty and who else is in here? Shaman. Shaman from New Zealand. Mister 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 Min. Uh, it's pronounced Shaman. Yeah. Excuse me. No, his is Shaman. Yeah. All right. Thanks everybody for being with us. I think we're gonna wrap it up. Until the next week, everyone should do what? What's their assignment? Uh, let us know. Everyone should enter the contest that we did the three contests we are running. Yeah, go enter in all our contests. That'll be great. The two for the two for the sanctum and, and what noodles. are people doing in the background? People are like digging holes to Australia during the end of the show here. Man. I, there's a lot of mic noise coming from somebody, but it's like coming from Sam. Them. She's digging in her living room. Oh, they're yeah, Wait, they're eating huh? their microphones. Hello, Sam. We hear you. I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> What's new? Please don't shoot me. Well, all right. So people apparently falling asleep onto their microphones. It's time to wrap up. So thanks everyone for being here. We'll see you next week. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>